Welcome to the Pay Yourself First podcast. My name is Chris Jolly, and I'm on a mission to financially empower millions of entrepreneurs. I want you to make and keep more money so that you can begin implementing and turbocharging a plan for creating financial freedom your way during the life cycle of your current business without spending a ton of time or becoming a professional investor. You see, most of the financial teachings out there are made for employees, not entrepreneurs. If you wouldn't listen to someone who doesn't have kids about parenting, why take business financial advice from someone without a business? Are you ready to break free of bad advice and follow the trail of other uncommon entrepreneurs so you can get from where you are now to the lifestyle you were aiming to create when you started your business? Then stick around. Here comes another episode of Pay Yourself First, where the only investment we offer is the one you make in yourself. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. I'm super excited, as you know that I always am, because today I have another amazing entrepreneur on with me. Her name is Megan Nolan. She's calling in from Hawaii today, and her business is Vitality Wellness. Megan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I'm really excited to have you on. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm great. Happy to be here. Awesome. Very cool. I know we're going to have some great conversation today, and I'm sure you have a lot of value to deliver for my audience and I know it's going to be a lot of fun for me. So let's go ahead and just get started. Megan, tell us a little bit more about your business, who you serve, and what you do inside of it. Absolutely. So I am very passionate about helping other entrepreneurs to get out of self-care overwhelm by creating a meaningful morning routine that is the foundation for your health, for your happiness, and ultimately for your success. I believe that in order to be truly successful, that you do actually need to be healthy and happy because how you cross your finish line is dependent on you. And when you make yourself and your health a priority, it is actually a very high ROI activity. And that is something that I believe should be a top priority. And so I think the morning routine is has been the tool set that I go to, that I use, and that is so powerful and effective for my community and for my clients. Gotcha. Can you give us a little window into what your morning routine is like? Sure. Yes. Before I say this, it does sound like it could take a lot of time, but because I've consolidated everything, it's actually rather efficient. And of course I can stretch it out. I can do it for hours if I have that time, but usually it's about 45 minutes. So I wake up and while I'm drinking my warm lemon water, I do my gratitude journaling as well as big visioning, which turns into some tapping. So EFT, so lightly tapping on acupressure points while stating empowering belief statements aligning to my vision. So that's the first section. And I call that in the core work that I do, I call that expanding your vision. So it's getting into the essence and the energy of your goals, your vision for yourself, aligning yourself to that version of you. And so that's what that section looks like. And then from there, I get up and I move my body. So that to me is intuitive based on my energy, how I slept, what I've got going on that day, just whatever. And so usually that looks something like yoga, some cardio, some strength training, dance breaks, stretches, whatever I'm feeling for that day. But there's always an intentionality behind it. Because when you create a morning routine that aligns with your big vision, you're taking the information that you get from your vision and you use your physical practice to embody that version of you. So that's what that is for me. And then from there, I always finish up by going out and standing on the grass. Luckily, I live in a warm climate, as you mentioned, so there's no frostbite or what have you, but it really is a powerful 
way to get grounded. And depending on your vision of things, I really see it as an opportunity to get anchored, to connect to your surroundings, to connect to yourself, connecting to the earth, connecting to the heavens, whatever it is, and then but coming back to your own center. So for me, that's what it looks like starting from that big vision, using my body, but then finishing with that intentionality of choice, because all of this boils down to how you're choosing to show up first for yourself, but then ultimately for your business and for your community. So that's loosely what it looks like. Some days more, some days less, but as a general starting point, that's what I go to. Awesome. I love that process. Now, about how long does it take you? Ideally, I have about an hour, but sometimes I have to leave earlier or if I have a session that starts then it's 45 minutes. I can tighten it up into half an hour, but then it feels rather rushed. For me, the hour is ideal. Gotcha. And that seems for most people, at least a manageable enough time period where, especially if they realize the value of doing something like that, that they can insert that into what they're already doing in life without having to like greatly restructure their entire life. I agree. I agree. Although that's not always the case because I found that more and more people are like, well, can you make me something that's five minutes? And I can. I subscribe to the theory that any amount is good and it's cumulative and it adds up. And even if it's just a couple minutes, then yes. And so I think that an hour is totally doable, but I do understand that it's not for everybody. And that's a jumping off point. And again, it doesn't have to be first thing. It doesn't have to be 5 a.m. Just figure out what works for you in your schedule and do something for yourself, right? You got to maintain the amazing body that you're living in so you can get to where you want to go. So that's really what it comes back to. Yeah, absolutely. In assertion to somebody telling me that a lot of times morning routines are a waste of time because it takes you, distracts you from actually getting up and doing the work. I responded by just getting up an hour or two earlier every day. And now just get up at 3.30 and take care of everything and then off to the races. Yeah, yeah I, wanna... I, I agree with you, but there is a significant body of research that shows the direct impact of exercise on your productivity, your for, your focus and your performance. So there's that as well. All right. Yeah. If you are going to do any of those things, I think exercising is one of the ones that you got to make sure you have right at the top. Agreed. Yeah. So let's talk about, and obviously I don't want to reduce it to exercise, but let's talk a little bit about yoga and how you utilize that in your work. Absolutely. So for me, yoga has been really foundational because despite what we see on social media, it is truly a practice of deep self-connection, deep self-awareness, acceptance, and ultimately learning to love ourselves. And I know that's a catchphrase, but it's one of those tool sets that people underestimate because of first and foremost, how challenging it is to be able to take your body into these different poses. So we use it as a mechanism for keeping your body really strong, for keeping blood flow, for helping you to stay flexible, not just so that you can do stand on one foot and do all sorts of crazy things, but as simple as like bending over to pick up your keys and not being scared they're going to throw your back out. And so having that mobility of your body, that's powerful. But the way that it's designed, it also helps you to stay strong at the same time. So we have that physical layer of benefits and we could go down the track of the hormonal balance and the bone density and all of the stuff that really is powerful. But then it ultimately, it's a, an ability to come back to your center because as entrepreneurs, I know you're going to get thrown sometimes. The funnel's going to blow up or Zoom's going to do something funny and all of that. And it's your ability to come back to that place of when you are centered, when you're still, when you're calm, when you're able to handle the challenges. That's really what it's doing. But people don't realize that until they hear stuff like this, or they do a class where people talk about that. And ultimately as a tool set, 
yoga is helping you to evolve and to grow and to become more self-aware and more self-actualized. So I use it for a variety of different reasons and a variety of different benefits because it is a holistic system. And luckily it does all of that simultaneously. So it's the original multitasking formula for keeping us healthy and happy. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great analogy because so many people have the idea that yoga is just these different stretches that you do. And there's actually a much bigger system behind it and a lot more besides just the exercising part of it or whatever you do want to call it. Now, you mentioned you do work with a lot of entrepreneurs and then you obviously work with people who are not entrepreneurs as well. What do you find is maybe the difference in between the two populations as far as what they need when they come to you for help? That's a great question. I'd say it really has to come back to their intent. Because as entrepreneurs, we're so intimately involved in our business, a lot of the time that is what they come for. They come to be more productive. They come to be more focused. They come to be more effective. And they know that their health is reliant on that and vice versa. So that seems to be the intent because it will support their business. Whereas people who aren't entrepreneurs, aren't business owners, they're coming at it from the perspective of, I just want to feel better. I just want to feel happier. I just want to feel like myself again. I just want to not hurt anymore. And so it's in a sense is more directional when it comes to entrepreneurs. Like, where is this going to help them get to? Which is, of course, classic to our whole mentality, right? It's like, how is this helping me be more effective? Whereas people that are not, it's more about, in a sense, it is slightly similar. How can this help me be more effective in my day-to-day life as a human? Enjoy my life even more fully. So there's a difference in, in why they're coming to me in the first place for the most part. Yeah, that makes sense. At the same time, there's definitely, I I feel a lot of masculine energy in that, obviously, that entrepreneurial drive and the push to do. How do you maintain a balance of the more feminine side and also find and enjoy the flow of business? That's a great question. And I agree with you. There is, we need to have both. We need to have that structure, the action, but remembering that the being doing the doing is so important as well. And so that really, that is the essence of the morning routine and having that practice to begin the day with, because it sets the tone of your energy and how you show up. And for me, that is the starting point as well as coming back to that periodically throughout the day, because we can get really in the go-go on that frantic train of, I got to get it done and all of that stressful energy. Yet when we do that, we're activating stress. We're activating a, a less effective part of our brain versus when we take that time to pause. And even just as quick as when you come back from the washroom before you get back into the work state, just taking a second to come back to yourself, to breathe and to come back to the center, come back to your intention for the day, because how you're showing up will impact how everything unfolds. So it is that balance of being aware of how you're showing up and how you're feeling and checking in. And that's especially true for myself and for many entrepreneurs who consider themselves to be very high achieving, very driven, because that's part of our brain that kicks in and takes over and we want to do and we want to achieve and we want the goals and we want to blah, 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 blah. And when we come back to that place of presence, we activate your prefrontal cortex, which is a much more effective place to be working from because that's your higher mind, your intuition, your guidance, your creativity. And so you're shifting yourself into a thriving state. And that's the essence of the feminine is that energetic space for ease and flow. And so there is a dance for sure within everything that we 
Yeah. And it's so important to seek that balance, I think, as best you can, or at least know when the right time to use the right energy is, because at least I feel so much of the affirmation, positive thinking community manifestation advice is basically if you just think about what you want in a really nice way and are happy about it, it's bound to show up in your lap. And that's definitely a part of what helps. If you don't ever take any action, clearly nothing's going to get accomplished. Exactly. There's a lesser known law of the universe that I learned about from John Asaraf, and he was in The Secret, but he's also studies neuroscience as related to marketing. And so his interpretation of that is the law of Goa, the law of get up off your, you feel okay. like blank uh-huh. A word. <laughs> I don't want to offend anybody, but it's the get up and do it. It's the get up and take action. And so there is that essence. And I think that's where sometimes as the driven entrepreneur, we almost, we're hard to turn that part off. And so it's a really interesting sort of observation of ourselves to look at, because if we're always in the go-go action, that's a fast track to burnout. But if we're just in the, I'm going to sit and wait for it to happen, then we're not going to get it as far or as quickly as we want to. And so again, it's a meet in the middle sort of scenario. Absolutely. Tell us, Megan, a little bit how you got into entrepreneurship. Is it something that you were really into from a young age or did you start in somebody else's business and decide to do your own thing or how did you get to here? So other than my jobs in high school, where I worked at a store at my local mall, I've always worked for myself. And that started as a personal trainer, because typically as personal trainers, unless you become part of the team for salary wise, you're considered an independent contractor. So I've always had that aspect to my business. And so it really has just been the way for me. And of course, there's been challenges with it. But I guess you could say it has been my journey. I did never had a corporate situation or a nine to five or any of that. This is I've always loved the freedom and the independence that comes from having my own business. Yeah, it's so rewarding for me, and I'm sure you and most entrepreneurs to just know that the choices and decisions they make have a direct effect over how well they do. Because in so many organizations, if you work for a company, you don't really have that much say over what happens or how you perform your job or any of that. Agreed. Yeah, very great. Okay, Megan, now I want to ask you a little bit about the financial piece. So my first question for you is this, imagine that your business is a garden hose, and as a hose can get kinked over itself, which stops the flow of water. So if there's one kink in your business right now, that's keeping more cash from flowing into it, what is that? That's a great question. I love that analogy. I think for me, it's always the time piece, because As somebody with a lot going on and a desire to be in control of all of it, (laughs) I'm the kink for the most part, because it's one of those things of the relationship building component is so important for that to translate into conversion and into sales. And so being able to continually build new connections and cultivate relationships, that can be a bit time consuming. And so when you get distracted with other backend stuff, then it's challenging to maintain that depth of connection and to the breadth that I would be, I'd like to have. So I think that would be the kink, if you will, that it's just a delegation of time and my own priorities, because 
of having the big project of getting the book off the ground and everything and plus the other back end stuff that's going on. And so I think that would be the one thing that is learning to just make sure that I can not spread myself too thin, but give everything enough for it to continually blossom and to grow in the garden. That makes sense. I know one of the most challenging things about running a business is knowing exactly where to put yourself in the business, what you should be doing now, what ought to be handed off to somebody else. Yeah, that's definitely a big challenge. Now, you mentioned your book. Please tell us more about your book. Yes. So it is called The Warrior's Journey, Ancient Wisdom for the Modern Entrepreneur. And it's been quite the journey. It's interesting because it tells the story of the ancient warrior behind the poses in the yoga practice. Many people haven't heard that story, but it's really deep with meaning and passion and drive and courage, which is the essence of entrepreneurship. So it it tells that story, but it tells my story simultaneously. And so it was a beautiful experience of reflection to witness my own growth through the progression of actually writing the book, but also my progression as, as an entrepreneur you know, for over 17 years. And so it was more than I expected as far as all the moving parts and true to form, going back to my hyper achieving ways I alluded to earlier, instead of just launching the book, I decided that it should be an opportunity to relaunch a program that it supports. And so why not simultaneously do those things at the same time? Yeah, so there's that. But it's been an incredible experience. And the tool set that it gives people is so incredibly empowering and transformational. And it is the essence of the yoga practice of who we become by way of these tools. And so it is the foundation for everything that I've done and achieved. But for so many people in my community, the same thing, that it has transformed who they are at the deepest core level. And that's the essence of entrepreneurship. I think it was the lesson in personal development. You didn't know you were going to get, but clearly you needed. So that's the essence of this whole experience and the book. Amazing. That sounds like a great book. Now, by the time this interview comes out, your book will already be out. So for anybody who's interested to learn more and maybe grab a copy, where can they go to do that? I'm sure we'll have some show notes. So I don't want to misquote myself, but I'm pretty sure I got the domain of the warriorsjourneybook.com. Very exciting. All right. Now, what is your biggest financial goal for the business? If I gave you a magic wand and said within two years, you can achieve any financial goal you want inside this business, what are you going to poof and make happen? I've really been passionate for a while about creating my own nonprofit, the Worldwide Warrior Fund, because I believe and I see that there's so many warriors around the world that need to be supported in the work that they're doing because of their direct impact to the community that they're supporting. So I would like to be able to create that in a way that's sustainable so that I can have an impact through the work that I'm doing in a whole bunch of different communities around the world. That sounds like a uh, an amazing and very meaningful goal. And at the same time, it leads into talking about that impact. And for me, that always gets back to the financial freedom question, because at least for most entrepreneurs, I find when you start to talk about financial freedom, then they talk about their impact goals with a lot of employees and other people. You talk about financial freedom and they talk about they just want to go hang out at the beach. I'm like, I'm down for hanging out at the beach for sure, but I do also have other things I want to do. So what is financial freedom to you? Let's say that you're to the place in your business where you're making all the money you need to fund the lifestyle that you want, and you don't have to show up and actually work inside of the business unless you choose to because it's something you're just really crazy about and you want to be there. What are you going to do with your time besides that amazing project you just mentioned? The other two components of the trilogy. So more books, write more books. I... I 
definitely am a lifelong learner. I love to study, I love especially when it comes to the yoga practice. And so being able to immerse myself in more studies, that would be is definitely part of that plan. And to be able to travel more. I love to travel and especially now that's back in the flow with things. And so that's really wonderful. And being able to experience more cultures because that kind of lends to the growth and the learning. And it's because I love to immerse myself in into things, whether that's delicious food or yogas or learning or what have you. So that to me would be the spaciousness that it would provide. And then again, being able to contribute back through the nonprofit and being able to support locally in my community beyond that. But I, I know firsthand for myself as someone who's been challenged with mental health challenges and also in the entrepreneur community is quite prevalent. So I would like to have a way to give back to people in my community that are maybe on the entrepreneurial path or maybe in that direction, but are having some inner blocks or, or mental health, mental wellness challenges. So being able to really use the work that I'm doing and the profits that are being generated to benefit in a much wider and a more impactful way. Because once I have everything I need, then I want to be able to continue to give back. I feel like that's part of the formula. So for me, that's what it would allow for. I love it, Megan. That's an amazing vision. Now tell me of all of the places that you've really been wanting to travel to recently, what is at the top of the list? Oh, I love Thailand. I love Bali. We would like to maybe go to Vietnam or Cambodia. And so maybe do a little tour over in Southeast Asia. I've always wanted to go to Greece and do a tour through the smaller islands. I love olives. So anywhere with olives or really like rich spiritual culture, I could go either way. Olives and wine, temples and relaxation, whichever, or both. I, I love it. It's actually so funny you mentioned olives. I was having a conversation with my girlfriend yesterday and I was jokingly suggesting we could run away to Italy. And she said, what do we do? And I said, I don't know. We'll just plant a bunch of olive trees and sell olives. And she hates olives. Oh yeah, they're one of those foods. Either you do yeah, or you don't yeah. really. Yeah, that's funny. I like your vision. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay. Now, as you're working towards financial freedom, do you have some kind of system that you follow? Do you follow a written plan or how does that work for you? Written as in digital, but as far as um, goal setting and tracking. So I have a, a really awesome spreadsheet that helps me with all of that because I'm not particularly numbers oriented, although I'd like to change that story. But yeah, that really helps me as far as tracking and, and making sense. And visually, it's nice to see the progression that way because then it alleviates the mind chatter of, oh, we're not doing anything. We're not getting farther ahead. All of that nonsense that can tend to start squawking in the background unless you can have hard evidence to the contrary. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, if I gave you $10,000 right now and said you could invest it in anything that you wanted to outside of your business, what would you do with the money? My first inclination is to take a month off and go to study and be immersed again. That's my first, my always my go-to if I when I have that extra and that part of the vision that can pop in. Yes, that would be what I would invest in, which I think is indirectly an investment in me and the business and the growth and all those things. Maybe I averted the question, but well, I think when you're a business owner, everything is indirectly linked to the business if it's not directly linked. I agree. I agree. Especially when your your work is aligned with your passions and it's something that supports you as an individual that you can then pour back into the business. It's, it's hard to separate those things. Yeah, absolutely. It sure can be. Okay, Megan, tell me your five-year vision. So imagine it's five years from today. What is, is your business like in five years? What are you doing in the business? Go. 
everything will be a lot more streamlined so that all of the things that are not in my creative zone of genius are taken care of by other people. It gives me a lot of mental bandwidth to, again, be in that creative space, be more engaged with doing keynotes and workshops and speaking from stages so that we can continue to spread these this message and share these tools with people on a farther and wider scale. I still always see myself in that coaching and teaching role because that is what I love, but being able to step away more from the logistical backend stuff, that to me feels like heaven. That would be what I would put at the top. While we're on that subject, what is the one task that you dislike doing the most in your business? Bookkeeping. It's just, I don't know. I like, I love that there's people out there that love stuff like that, like CPAs and accountants and stuff. And I'm like, I really love you. It's amazing that you like this. It makes me want to pull my hair out. <laughs> Help. <laughs> but no, luckily we have more, we have a streamline. I have people helping me with that to a degree, but still it's one of those things that makes me want to bury my head in the sand and never come back out. Understood. Understood. Okay. So what have you found to be most effective for you in terms of saving money and investing and working towards financial freedom? Really looking at things that I thought were necessary, but being able to streamline things and consolidate so that you're not investing in a variety of platforms that end up doing the same sort of things and getting a bit more streamlined and having tools that are multifaceted so you can alleviate some of the extra stuff that it doesn't seem like much. Oh, it's only $15 a month. But then if you've got six of those, and then you start to look at how that layers up and stacks. So getting a bit more streamlined and making sure that you have the tools, because if you're at the same time, that being said, if you're trying to piece it all together and use like hammer jang, banging it all together, and that, that again, is, is not really conducive to scalability or to the growth that you're looking for. So for me, that's been really helpful to just be a little bit more diligent, or I guess vigilant is the word with what I'm bringing on as far as smaller price point investments. So that's been a very helpful mechanism for that. And then being really mindful between personal and business money or finances and keeping them separate, keeping that delegation of, okay, this is how we pay ourselves out. This is how we move forward. This is the money that we operate from or and can reinvest into the business. And again, it's also been being able to be willing to delegate away certain things to free up my own time and space to do the more higher income generating activities, which is makes the most sense, right? Just because you can do those little things doesn't necessarily mean you should, Megan, or anyone listening. So then leaning into what is going to really move the needle. And one of my coaches calls those the 5% activities versus doing all the other things that need to get done. And when you can start to bring people on, that was really helpful for me. Yeah. And one of the easiest places to trip up in business, especially for a new or newer entrepreneur, knowing when to hire and who to hire and what to hand over. Because if you don't, you definitely won't be able to grow beyond just whatever labor that you are able to put in yourself. Exactly. And it really can lend to burnout and getting resentful and getting depleted. And going back to what we were speaking to earlier about how your business is a reflection of you and how the way that you show up is so important. But if you're 
exhausted and burnt out and your cup is very empty, maybe even cracked at that point, it's really not conducive to the growth and the depth of impact that you're capable of and that you're destined for. And so being willing to take a step back and I know I get it. It's hard to relinquish things. And it's as very particular beings, I'm speaking for myself, but very particular in the way I want things to be done. It can be challenging to delegate away, but it's an art that you will get good at. It's a work in progress. Let's be real. But I think that's really important to remember. Yeah, absolutely. And as necessary as it is to delegate work to others, it's also important to spend uh, your time as an entrepreneur educating yourself. And one of the areas that I feel it's somewhat difficult or or maybe not as readily available for an entrepreneur to educate themselves is in the financial arena because you have if you get a job with a corporation they and maybe it's not even an education but they at least make you do the thing they put the paper in front of you and they say sign here we'll give you this much towards your retirement and then you do it right mm-hmm. with an entrepreneur there isn't any of that and you have to go out and seek the education yourself so what sources have you found most useful to you in becoming financially educated as a business owner luckily a few of the courses that i have been part of have had components to that because they are crafted intentionally from people that are much further along the track and have integrated and implemented these different ways of spending and earning and saving. And so giving us tools and frameworks to to start from, because I agree with you. It's one of those things that we can easily just, I'll, I'll deal with that later, put that off. And then it's easy to skip it. So having the guidance of mentors that have already figured that out for themselves and specialize in it, that's been really the key for me. I love it. So important to go to those people who have been there and done that and find out what they know and learn from them because it saves you so much time in the long run. Yes, exactly. Yeah. They can fast track that because they've already been around the block, made the mistakes, hopefully can expedite the process for you a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Before I let you go, anybody who wants to know more about what you do, Megan, where can they go for that? For sure. I would love to connect. I, As we were speaking a little bit about the morning routine earlier, there's a gift that you can grab called the mini morning routine. So you can go to minimorningroutine.com and grab that freebie to create your own purposeful powerhouse practice to start the day with. So that will connect us. And then over on Instagram, my handle is I am Megan Nolan, and there's lots of ways for you to integrate these tools into your life and business so that you can be holistically happy and successful. So let's connect over there. And that way you can ask any questions or share any takeaways. And then all of those avenues, both through the email channel and the Instagram channel will definitely keep you in the loop about the book. So those will direct you once that is ready to go. Very cool. Awesome, Megan. A lot of valuable insight and just great conversation for myself and the listeners today. So I really want to thank you again for taking the time to be on the podcast and share yourself and your business with all of us. It's been really nice having you on. Thanks so much. It's been really fun chatting with you as well. Awesome. Appreciate it. To everybody else out there, if you had a great time on this podcast as well, we'd really love it if you would go ahead and give us one of those subscribes. And if you can leave us one of those five-star reviews, it helps out a ton too to get the word out to more entrepreneurs. Lastly, if you happen to be an entrepreneur yourself and you want to come be on the podcast like our amazing guest Megan today, please go ahead and go to pyfpodcast.com. That's the letters pyfpodcast.com. And we would love to have you on as well. All right, everybody, we will see you next time. If you've listened this far, chances are you're an entrepreneur looking to become more financially literate and create financial freedom for yourself from your business. 
The Pay Yourself First podcast is definitely here to help with that. My goal is to continue to share what I've learned about using your business as the tool to create financial freedom. But let's face it, it would take me years to share with you everything you need to know via these episodes. Creating financial freedom is something that most people never even consider, let alone make a plan for or take action towards. It's something almost no one was taught anything about. Doing it as an entrepreneur is even more challenging, especially without support. So if you're ready to get clear on what financial freedom looks like for you, come up with an action plan and get the support systems and accountability you need, I invite you to consider the Abundantly Infinite Entrepreneur. I created the program to help entrepreneurs just like you get a handle on their personal and business finances and start building confidently towards financial freedom. And it's how you can discover ways to take 10 years off your retirement, add an extra five or six figures to your portfolio, and finally get clear on what numbers you should be tracking in your business and why. Together, we'll gain clarity around your financial goals and what being financially free would actually look like for you. Then we'll put together a customized game plan to get you there and the accountability to see you through. And by the way, you're also gonna get all the spreadsheets you need to run your numbers lifetime access to the materials, including any updates, and entry into our members-only community. In addition to all the knowledge, coaching, community, and systems that you need to create financial freedom from your business, you'll also receive a free financial assessment, a retirement planning session, and guided meditation aimed at helping you embody the feeling of true financial freedom. So yeah, you can just listen to the free content on these podcasts to help you move towards becoming a financially free entrepreneur. And sure, you'll likely see some results, or you can make the decision to commit to learning, implementing, and embodying what you need to know to create the financially free life you dreamed of when you started your business journey. Click the link in the show notes to answer a quick questionnaire, and you'll be on your way to joining the Abundantly Infinite Entrepreneur.